just thankful tonight for the goodness of the Lord and appreciate Pastor Morell and Sister Morell and his family. Appreciate you, this church. It's a light and a testimony. Praise God that God's still God in the lives of people. Amen. What a, what a great testimony that is to God. Bible said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. And you shall be a witness unto me. So we realize tonight that it don't take the Holy Ghost to knock on doors because Jehovah's Witness knock on doors every Saturday. But it takes Holy Ghost power to be a witness of God. And I appreciate the goodness of the Lord. I'd like to just uh, talk to you for a little bit tonight. Found in the scripture, in the book of Psalms 119, and everybody's heard it and read it, looked at it, seen it, tasted it. And from a man that had penned it, knew it as well. David would say, forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Your word is settled in heaven. I'm glad to be in the apostolic church tonight. It's not looking for some words to change. I'm looking for something to morph into what I want it to be, but it stays the same. You may be seated tonight. It's concrete, it's established. I believe that you could take tonight this, this Bible and we could prove that God authored and kept what we have in 2019 from the day the apostles penned it. There's, there's really no originals that you can find. There's copies of the original copies of the originals and copies of copies and copies and man has put his hand to the pen and tried to transcribe and transliterate and bring from one language to another and give it the best they have but in all of that it's God that's the keeper of his word <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't care about the king that sat on the throne that made the decree about the King James Bible, but I'm glad that he did. And, I, you know, somebody said, well, you know, he was a pagan. He didn't really love God. It was all a political move to usher in the religion and get rid of the popes. I, I don't care about all that. That may be what was on his mind, but what's on the mind of God is somebody's going to get the word of God, and I'm going to keep it going from every generation. The prophet said that God is faithful to every generation unto a thousand generations. So having known that, I know, Brother Morrell, that the Word of God will never change. I was walking down the hall today at school and they was uh, starting, they always have uh, somebody on the PA starting their school off and saying some scripture and whatever uh, they go through. And my boss was there, and he's a really good, dedicated Methodist. 
And, uh, I mean, really dedicated, praise, seeks God. We have many Bible discussions and Word of God. And walking down the hall, the, the Scripture was read that said, This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm glad that God made every day. I'm glad to see as many as I've saw. But I told Gene, I said, Gene, I said, one day I was sitting in church and the preacher read that scripture. And I said, I began to, to think about it, what David was saying. And I said, you know, he's, he's really not saying that this day, today is the day that the Lord has made. But he's saying this day that the Messiah is coming. That's the day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It was a prophetic utterance from David that was seeing by faith far ahead that he would ever live that this is the day the Lord hath made. Salvation belongs to God. Who's going to get saved belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. If it comes from God, it's going to be perfect and just right. I'm just glad that the Lord lets us understand what the Bible says. Psalms 138 verse 1 says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy hill and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Anybody know what Acts 4 and 12 says? Anybody? There is none other name. David said, I will praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. I'm just, I'm just glad tonight to know that when I open up my Bible, I'm not just opening up a book that was penned and printed by Thompson or Nelson or whoever else prints Bibles. I, it's more than just a book. It is, it is the book that all other religions try to equal. <laughs> but they can't. It's the only book that draws the line for doctrine and practice. Thank God for the Bible. I'm glad I believe the Bible is real, true. It's the only book that proclaims the Messiah. It explains the beginning and gives intricate details of the end. Ain't nobody else can do that. It is a witness to salvation. It sings the song and the anthem of deliverance for those that are bound. <laughs> Woo! Bound. Struggling. 
This book is a book of deliverance. Jesus told those men to search the scripture for in them, in those scriptures, in that prophetic word of God, they are those which testify of me. The spirit of prophecy becomes a testimony of Jesus Christ, as Paul would say, I mean, as John would say on the Isle of Patmos. Thank God for the Bible. <laughs> Woo! Thank God for the word. God kept his word. Men got together and penned it and copied it and translated it. And they, they might have misinterpreted words and mis, misprinted things. And they, they might have done their things in their own carnal mind. But when it comes to his word, his word is perfect. And all you have to do is open up that book. And the author of the book will explain it to you. And tell it to you. And reveal it to you. And let you know that it's still true and it's still real. And there's no need to doubt it or to turn it away or to shove it away or get rid of it. Thank God for the Bible. <laughs> it's the book that tells of a chosen few. I think Peter said one place, said, but said it in his epistle, said, for he has got just called us to be a Peculiar people. Chosen generation. Jesus said, many are called. Few. Chosen. Peter picked up on that and said, we're chosen. Where'd you get that from? I got it from Jesus. So there's a lot of people called. I'm glad I'm chosen. I'm glad I'm the elect of God. I'm glad I'm confident. Being able to say who I am, what I am, what I believe. I'm glad I turned to the Bible. I may not be able to explain it to everybody just like they want to explain or what they, what they see. I can explain it to them, but I, I can't understand it for them, but I can't explain it. And it's the Bible that has the unchangeable message. Now, if anybody knows what John 1 and 1 says, I'd like for you to stand to your feet. I would like for you just to say it. John 1 and 1. Let's just do it this way. It, what was in the beginning? In the beginning was the Word, right? So in the beginning was God. And what else was in the beginning? God. What else? The Word. What else? In the beginning, God created, right? In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, God created. Where do we get that at? Well, we get it out of the Bible. It's true. Do you realize that you can be praying in prayer, in solitude? You can have a scripture run through your mind, and you can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in that scripture. You can be driving down the road. Be meditating, pondering, musing. David said, while I was musing on your word, man, something began to stir up inside of me. 
One writer said, I remember a man that, that had fire shut up in his bone. What, what is it that caused that man? The weeping prophet in the prison cell began to weep and pray and feel God. What was it that woke up them dry bones in that valley? It was prophesied to them, tell them the word of God. Thank God for the Bible. <laughs> Woo! In the beginning was the word. Before all time, before one ray from the sun had ever darkened through the chaotic forms and all the, un the voidness and all that before God ever spoke it into existence and brought it together, before it ever formulated into something that made sense in the chaos of everything that was going on, the Bible said the Word existed. It was there because God has always been and always will be. Where do you get something like that at? You get it out of the Bible. So before all time, was the Word of God. And the Bible said the Word was with God. What that means is that, that God was His Word. It was Him. Nobody else was there. Isaiah said the revelation that I've got of God is that there's no other God beside me. If there is, I don't know about it. Beside me there is no God. So when the Word was with God, that just means that all that Word proceeded from Him. There was nobody else. I'm just glad that when the preacher can read Scripture out of the Bible, you don't have to worry about going home and fumbling through it and say, I wonder what it meant, but you can have the understanding and the revelation and the preaching of the Word to them that believe is a plan of salvation that brings joy to your soul and cleans up your mind. <laughs> Woo! So the word was with God. It proceeded out of God. It was God. And the writer said, and the word was God himself. In the beginning. Genesis said that in the beginning, God created, well, we been on created everything. And John said, Everything, and we write, read in this verse that everything that were made were made by him. He existed with him. The predestined plan of God. Not a Branhamitic doctrine that he embraced from some Baptist organizational deals in the 50s and 60s. But the predestinated plan of God that the Apostle Paul talked about that I like because in that teaching that you get out of the Bible you can understand that if God be for you <laughs> who 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 they've done a play at school one time about uh, this elephant called Horton here's a who I hear a who. Who can be against me? If God that existed before all of time, if God that spoke into existence by just the decreeing of his word, when, just think about this, 
When God spoke the world into existence, or made man, when he made man, he took some dust and formed it up and done whatever he did, and he was laying there. And when God breathed the breath of life in him, his fingers started moving. <laughs> his chest took in some air. His head started. Now that may not mean nothing to you, but I think that's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, here's a man made out of dust laying there. And God just breathes on him. And he starts twitching and moving in his man. I don't know. And he had all knowledge. He didn't have to go to school to learn how to talk or anything like that. He had all knowledge. He was counting the stars. He was naming the plants. He was doing all that stuff. Naming all the animals. Giving all the names. Hey, you're a zebra. So where do you get stuff like that? You get it out of the Bible. You know the Bible's true. So we got to see the scripture, how it is applied. And what the results of that application is. So we understand. We see it. We live our life by the essence of it. We walk daily because of the Bible. A book. A preacher preaches a message out of a book. Wasn't written by him. He, he's never seen the author walk in the door and write and Autograph it. Never been to a bookstore where the authors go and autograph their books for you. But he's met him. Every one of you's met him. If you've got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Anyway, let's look at what John said again. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter 19, something else was in the beginning. Jesus, whom had declared, that would declare in a few more uh, chapters to these same group of religious people that he was indeed I am. They just couldn't. That's not registering. I'm looking at you. I'm seeing you as a man. I see you with eyes like I got an ear. And you're telling me that before Abraham, you saw Abraham's day. Well, you got to remember, I was before time. The prophecy of the Messiah and the virgin birth, when Isaiah prophesied those words, and every prophecy that he prophesied or David prophesied, or any of the prophets prophesied, any of those minor prophets, major prophets, I think they're all just prophets. I mean, a major and a minor, you know, which one, one's got 65 chapters, one got four, so he's a minor. He ain't got but four chapters. But you know what? He's a prophet. He's a prophet. said, that prophecy that Isaiah spoke, that word, became flesh when the 
when Mary brought forth that baby. That word became flesh. That prophecy unfolded from the spiritual spoken word by a man 700 years before. Now they could look at it with their eyes and say, that word is flesh. Now everybody didn't want to do that, but they were some that did. Some in the temple that did. So I'm glad I believe that. I was in the church of God and their testimony is they believed in three gods. Well, I never heard it preached while I was there because they was kind of confused on it so they never preached it. So in the beginning, we know that in the beginning was the word in the beginning. How many thinks that in the beginning was perfect? This is not a trick question. I'm not trying to get you to raise your hand and say, ah, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> I mean, really, how many thinks in the beginning was perfect? I think it was perfect. But I do know that God did say it's not good for man to be alone. Now, that's not, that's not, imp- that's not mean just imperfect. That just means God sees a need that the man had. So I believe it was perfect. I believe everything was just right. I believe the decrees, I believe the law, I believe the, the statutes and all that. Of course, they, would, they was coming later. They wasn't here. The thing they had to obey, we all know, was you can't partake of the wrong tree. That was the requirement, you know. And uh, so in the beginning, we, we, I think it was perfect. I think the Bible proves it was perfect. We can say that out of the Bible it was perfect. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, Boy, he was really skin them too. That he departed from Galilee and he came to the coast of Judea beyond Jordan and great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. And there were one, was it David that said there's healing in your wings? The Pharisees also came unto him. You can't never get rid of the devil. He's, he's going to hound you till you die. God can clear your mind. He can grant you victory in your mind. He can cleanse your mind. He can cause your mind to be clear of the problems and troubles that the devil's trying to, to just rake you over the coals with day after day after day. God can clear your mind. But in the process of clearing your mind, he ain't clearing nobody else's mind about it. It's just your mind. Because that's the only mind that matters. It's your mind. Because you ain't going to never change what people say about you or talk about you. But if your mind's clear, it don't matter. If my mind is being cleared by God, I don't care what nobody else says. Long as God has cleared it and by him and him alone will I have my victory. <laughs> so thank God for a clear mind. And the Pharisees came to him, tempting him. And they tested him. I'm going to test you. Put you to the test. I'm going to test you. I'm God. I'm still going to put you to the test. I'm not testing you to see if you're God. I'm just trying to test you to see if you can fail. So we can get rid of you. He said... 
they said to him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now, you might have already covered this, and that's good. The Pharisees came to him to put him to the test and asked him, is it lawful? Is it right? Is it okay to dismiss, to divorce, to put away a wife for every cause? I'm talking about the Bible, man, in the beginning. Jesus said, have you not read? And they did. They did. They was readers. That he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Now, who would have ever thought that that would have ever been a question in our lifetime? I mean, that's like, this, this, you know, what you got that in there for, God? Because Everybody knows male and female, but evidently, somebody don't know what the Bible says. Somebody don't know what they are, and they want everybody else to be confused. Well, I'm not confused, because I know what the Bible said. In the beginning, he made them male and female. And no matter what they say they are or what they want to be, it don't change nothing. Because you are what you are. No matter what you wear. No matter how you dress up. <laughs> you dress up like a baboon, you ain't a baboon. They said... He made them male and female and said, because of this, the man's going to leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Wherefore, there are no more twain but one flesh. Wherefore, God is joined together. Let no man put asunder. Now, in the beginning, it was perfect. In the beginning, the rules were different. In the beginning, it wasn't like it is today. When they came out of the garden, they came out with the curse of sin. They came out having a warfare of the flesh. They came out with murder, thieving, robbing, lying, cheating, stealing, all kinds of sins. They left the perfected state. Man done it on his own. God wanted to give him the perfect way. And man messed it up. Somebody says, I don't see how God lets all this happen. God ain't letting it happen. Man done it to himself. When somebody goes into a school and shoots up a bunch of people, that ain't God saying, I'm going to let that happen. That's man. That's sin. That's flesh. That's a carnal mind. That's enmity against God. I don't blame God with none of this stuff, but I do blame people for being so carnal and caught up in the flesh. Because Jesus came to give a better way. If you'll follow me, if you'll take up my cross, if you'll, if you'll be disciples of me, if you come to me, I won't cast you out. I, I will bring you in. I will grab you to my bosom. I'll love you. I'll hold you. I'll take care of you. But they don't want that. But I read the Bible. 
I got it out of the Bible. Everything that the apostolic church believes, I get out of the Bible. And if somebody says, well, I don't believe that's in the Bible. I say, well, let's go see if it's in the Bible. What did God say? What did the apostles say? What does the Bible say? Yeah, but we don't like that because that's not what we think. I want to find out what does the Bible say. So Jesus said, here was, have you not read, he that made them in the beginning, made them male and female. They're going to want to get married. They want to live together. They want to do this. They want to have a family. They want to do all these things. He said, they're not just going to be twain, two of them. They're going to be joined together. Don't let man put asunder what God done in the beginning. And they say unto him, let's talk about now. Let's talk about today. Where you get that out of? I get it out of the Bible. Jesus said, here's the established way it was in the beginning. This is what I desired to have. Man took off his own way. And because he was disobedient to what I said, I had to separate from him. Because God says, I can't, I'm holy. I'm righteous. I do everything for man, but he didn't like it. So he just had to go. But I, I told him when he was leaving, I give him, I give him the promise and an oath that I will redeem him. God did give that promise and an oath. Found in the book of Hebrews, you find that by two immutable things, that it is impossible for God to lie. And he could swear by no greater because he was the only one in the beginning when there wasn't no time. It just all goes together when you believe the Bible. Now, if you believe some other, some other book, you may have a problem. If you believe some other commentary from Drake, Darby, Schofield. I was in a Bible study one time. We was looking in the Bible. was looking at Acts 2.38. And uh, we was talking about water baptism in Jesus' name. And uh, he said, wait a minute, let me, look at, let me look at my Bible. I said, well, look at your Bible. Well, I want you to look at your Bible. He said, well, Schofield says, I said, wait a minute. Schofield ain't no apostle. <laughs> you got to go by what the Bible says. Jesus said in the beginning, this is the way that it was. But we're not in the beginning because the Pharisees said, what about now? Moses give. You can put them away for anything. He said, that's because you's carnal. That's because you wasn't seeking me. That's because you got tied up in your flesh. See, that's why it happened. In this world, flesh can be a king. But if you have a stolid, you got the Bible to go by. You don't have to worry about whoever is in charge. You ain't got to worry about the, the governor, president. You ain't got to worry about none of them. You got the Bible. I'm going to go with what the Bible says. So putting them away, divorcing them out of the hardness of your heart, what does that mean? Does that mean that, wait a minute, the Bible says, in the case of the man, so be so with his wife, it's just good not to marry. You're going to have that kind of problem. Best thing you can do is just don't look for that fluttery-eyed girl. 
I remember when I was 17, my wife asked me to marry her. <laughs> Ain't that right? That's how I remembered at 66. Did you do that? Oh. Well, that part ain't in the Bible. <laughs> I'm just saying that you got to take the Bible for what it says, not for what you think it says. In the beginning was a different action. It was a different application. It was a different happening there because it was perfect. There was no fleshly desires. There was no things like that going on. So... They got whooped up by the devil. And he tricked them into thinking they could be gods. It wouldn't have stopped there. And we see what happened in this world. The apostle Paul in the, I'm going to close with this. Anything in the Bible, it's there. It don't mean people have the right interpretation or the right understanding, but it's there. You know, the Bible says drink no longer water. How many of y'all drink water? But the Bible says drink no longer water. So what's the problem? Well, we know, we know that's not what he's talking about. I mean, you got to just take it for what it says. You've got to have the understanding through the Holy Ghost. You can't put your own ideas and thoughts and tags on it. You just got to say, well, this is what the apostle preached. Church of Christ come up to me after the debate and he said, man said, him and his wife said, you know, you was right. Well, if I'm right and I come out of the Bible, how come you ain't getting baptized in Jesus' name? You're right, but the pressure of what other people's going to think in their mind about you, that your mind's clear. Why does it even matter? Because I'm holding on to God. Because I'm going to get my answer out of the Bible. So the Apostle Paul picked up on what Jesus said. Moses spoke about marriage and all those kind of things. We only have three different versions and thoughts on marriage in the Bible. In the Bible. Once by Moses, under the Old Covenant and the Law which does not apply because that covenant decayed and vanished away. The rules and the regulations of that covenant vanished away and gone. Jesus established a new law in his blood, which the apostle Paul said was the law of Christ. So we are law. We are under the law, but it's the law of Christ where he's given us the freedom to live for God by the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's pretty simple when you think when you really think about it, not that hard. So the Apostle Paul said, it is good if a man don't marry. That's what Jesus said. You can't say nothing more than what Jesus said. I mean, that's, that's where it starts. That's where it stops. So, but he said, but if. Because we're under different guidelines. When man failed, we're redeemed by his blood. Jesus won't cast nobody out. I don't care what they've done. There is no sin other than blaspheming the Holy Ghost that God would not wash away from somebody that came with a repentant heart and saying, Jesus, help me out. God will help them. He will reach to them. 
years. He will grab them, pull them. People's lives are not based on the actions of somebody else. They're based on their actions and repentance towards God. That's what it's based upon. God don't hold you guilty for what somebody else fails on doing for God. You can get a clear mind because in the Bible, Jesus said, let them all come unto me. He cried and said, I want all of them to come unto me. Come unto me. I will give you rest. If you're burdened and you're laboring, I will give you rest. Come on for your soul. I will give you rest. I will help you in a time of trouble. And God will give you freedom. Whatever it is. Whatever sin that come out of that garden that flesh does. Don't make no difference whether it's divorce, remarriage, or fornicating, lying, cheating, or stealing. It's all the same. Sin. Just bring it to God. God will clear your mind. And you will pay for your own sins. And you'll also be the benefactor of having your own sins cleansed. Hallelujah. Nobody can stop the work of God. In the beginning, he didn't turn around and ask somebody. He says, well, I just wonder if I'll need to make them stars and the moon and all that stuff. I wonder if I put some spots on a leopard. I wonder if I should do all this, you know. But I wonder what I ought to do. Anybody here can tell me what I need to do. God said, just let it be. Trouble sometimes. God's got the answer. Hallelujah. Darken nights. He's the light. He can give you. It's all in the Bible. Every answer, every right way is in the Bible. You want an answer? Don't take it from people that don't like you. Don't take it from people that are better than you are. Don't take it from somebody that's, hey, I've never been there before, but I'll tell you what you need to do. No. Get it out of the Bible. And when you hear this preacher preach it out of the Bible, say, thank God for a Bible-preaching preacher. It's all in there. Everything we need is right here in this book. Praise God. I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight what we heard here. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. What, you, what do you need tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. What have you, amen, fallen into? What mistakes have you made? What sins have you committed? What problems do you have? Hallelujah. Amen. doesn't matter what it is. You can bring it to the Lord. Amen. You can bring it to the Lord. You can leave, amen, that burden, amen, at the foot of the cross tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. And you can, uh, amen, walk out of here free tonight, set free tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Of all guilt and shame, hallelujah, whatever you might have going on tonight, hallelujah, that you feel guilty of or ashamed of tonight. Don't need to walking out of here with that guilt and shame. Don't need to walking out of here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Carrying baggage. Amen. That you don't need to carry for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. You can give it to the Lord tonight. You can surrender it to God tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. While they sing tonight, the altars are open. While they're singing tonight, hallelujah. If you want to come up to the front, amen. Just lift your hands to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. And give your troubles to the Lord tonight. Thank you, Brother Dotson, for obeying God tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you for sharing the word of God with us here tonight. Amen.
got a God that is bigger than our problems. We've got a God that is bigger than every issue we'll face in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His arms are open here tonight. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just bow your heads. 